Good afternoon. Uh, welcome to another episode of And When I Say I Mean. I am your co-host, Austin. And I am your other co-host, Adrian. So, um, this week, I was reading uh, Northanger Abbey. I think that's Ooh. how you pronounce it. Northanger Abbey. There, like, there should be another H there. It should be like Nor or like Northanger Abbey. I don't know. <laughs> it's by Jane Austen. Um, I I thought that was an author that you were talking about. But no, it turns out it's, it's a, a place. <laughs> um, so I'm reading it, and as I'm reading along, uh, I'm struck by how like fourth wall breaking and like genre subversive that this you know like 1700s or no whenever Jane Austen's like 1800s Jane Austen novel and I'm like so I'm thinking to myself as I'm reading this is Jane Austen the Deadpool of gothic <laughs> English romance novels um, Nobody has ever said that before, or probably even thought that before, ever. So, yeah, I'm saying it right now. So, um, this, this leads to my, my thought um, that I think we're going to frame this podcast around is, why, why do people like things that are meta? Uh, we should probably say what we mean by that. Yeah. And specifically, why do, why do people like Deadpool? I think that movie's coming out. Um, it is soon, I think. But I want to compare it to uh, to Northanger Abbey, too. Interesting. So. Okay. So, I guess my first... Uh, first thing, I guess we should just define what meta means. Because we're probably mm-hmm. going to use it a lot. So, um, meta, as in... It's, it's a prefix. So, normally, if you would say, like, metacognition... Side note. So, in a class that I was in... Um, in elementary school, we were talking about metacognition, mm-hmm. and one of my classmates said that their parents gave them money for just knowing the word metacognition. And I'm like, are you kidding? Uh, like, like, why? Why? Why would you do that? And it's like when we just gotta pay out. Uh, yeah, that's like getting paid for your report card. I always uh, kids. And you were From, also a kid at the same time. Yeah, I didn't get paid. No. For report cards. Anyway. Um, so, metacognition means, um, basically means something about what follows after it. It's like, what comes after it, about what comes after it. So metacognition would be cognition about cognition. So thinking about thinking. Mm-hmm. A meta narrative would be a narrative about narratives. Um, so, um, a meta joke would be a joke about jokes, or um, like a meta show would be a show about TV shows. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. that's normally how it's framed, I guess. One time I was playing the meta game, which is just like yeah. one of those card games. Um, like card party games and the category it's kind of like apples to apples in a way the category was like meta or like the most meta thing ever I forget exactly what it was and then I said like 
if you wanted to be really meta, you would play the meta game. And then somebody had a card that was the meta game, and they played it. I forget what the category was, but it was something like mm. that. And it really, anyways. So the game is called the meta game, and there's a card in the game called the meta game. Yeah. Hmm. And you played it for the meta category. Right. I didn't play it. Somebody else did, but it was. Um. Or, the meta game is a, not just a Hearthstone term, but it is a Hearthstone term where it it's, is. um, like, analysis of the games as a whole, not individual games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which can be used in like a wider context, not just Hearthstone. But, so the way that people normally use it is people don't often talk about metacognition. Mm-hmm. Um, but they say something's meta when basically if you have like a fourth wall breaking joke mm-hmm. or you're talking about, like if if someone knows what, like if they're in a TV show or if someone knows right. they're in a book. Right. So So how does that play out in... Lee Harvey Abbey. Uh, Lee Harvey Abbey. What's the is book? That, is that supposed to be a joke? Uh, no, that was just... Oswald and Abbey are not close. That was no, that was just me trying to remember what that book was called. Northanger. It's like I was kind of. It's close. like Northanger, but Northanger. with not enough H's. Northanger. So you say it like a British person. Northanger. Yeah. It's so like they pronounce hanger, their A's wrong. The they pronounce their A's weird. Whatever. Anyways. So, um, the narrator talks about the book as if it's a book, which is actually more common um, than you would think. That like the narrators are often aware that they're book characters. Like the narrator's not often. The narrators usually stand in for the author, so they mm-hmm. often address the reader directly. Mm-hmm. But this is this narrator is much more aware of uh, genre tropes than most narrators mm-hmm. would be. So um, I'm going to refer to the narrator as she. Um, she talks about how you wouldn't expect the heroine to be a heroine just based on how she grew up. Um, and it's, Jane Austen is so funny. Forget Kurt Vonnegut and Joseph Heller and all those, you know, post-war funny people. No. Jane Austen's hilarious. Much. <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard anything by Jane Austen, so I don't really know. You should. They're good. Um, so she, she says, because she, it's supposed to be a gothic novel but also making fun of gothic novels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she talks about uh, the main character's mother, and she says, unlike a good heroine's mother, she had the audacity to survive through childbirth and had <laughs> seven more children afterward. Um, <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. The, um, the narrator is very aware of what the genre is and like plays into it, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. also the book is very not it's supposed to be a genre but it's not because nothing happens like the the main character thinks she's in this gothic horror novel she basically thinks she's Jane Eyre um Mm -hmm. 
but nothing bad happens. Like, there's no secret wife locked in the attic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing haunting this abbey. There's no murders. There's no mm-hmm. mystery at all. Mm-hmm. But she thinks there is the whole time. Um, so, and then <laughs> the best part, the very end, uh, the main character, Catherine, her best friend, uh-huh. uh, Miss Tilney, marries just someone out of the blue. Like she, she basically has what people would say is a Deus ex, ex machina mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. to solve all the problems of the book. Nice. Uh, her love interest's father doesn't like her at all, um, but he comes around due to his daughter's miraculous marriage to some character who just shows up out of the blue. Nice. And is the most charming man in the world. Uh-huh. And she says, "Oh, but because he has to be related to the the people who are in the book." He is the master of the servant who forgot some notes in a wardrobe that Catherine found earlier. So it's just, it's so roundabout. It's hilarious. <laughs> nice. So that's why, that's what leads me to, to thoughts like, Deadpool. is, is, <laughs> yeah, is Jane Austen the Deadpool of gothic English literature? So Deadpool, which I'm going to try to describe. and Neither of us have seen. Feel free to jump in. I referenced this earlier, I think, in a past episode that some one of my friends gave me a brief synopsis of this movie. Um, shout out to Nate. But, so I'm going to try to figure out what happens. Or I'm going to try to tell you what happens, basically. So basically, Deadpool, on like a much larger scale, is a mutant. He's in like the, the X-Men mm-hmm. universe. Um, but he's not like the Deadpool that shows up at the end of X-Men Origins. That's that's mm-hmm. a different Deadpool. Everybody Though hates that Deadpool. Though they are both Ryan Reynolds. Everybody hates that movie. Um, yeah. But also, shout out to Three Mile Island, which was like... The beginning is cool. It's really not a terrible movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, so... Um, anyways. He... Does he have powers at the beginning? Mm-hmm. Question mark. No powers at the beginning of the movie. Somehow, this is going to be a stretch because I'm describing a movie I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Somehow, he ends up in this lab. He gets you know cancer. How? He gets cancer. And mm-hmm. then they're performing some type of tests on him. Basically, mm-hmm. I could just be describing any X-Men movie. Or yeah. Any, any mutant. Anyways, they're doing tests on him. And then suddenly, he starts showing his powers. Is that correct? Uh, kind of, they inject him with a healing factor that they stole from Logan. That's right, a.k.a. Wolverine. They stole healing stuff from Wolverine. They give it to mm-hmm. him. It, like, does something even more powerful than Wolverine's healing factor. Mm-hmm. And he becomes, I like, don't know how. I don't know how either. Wolverine survives being bisected. Yeah. The Wolverine. Uh, we don't even want to talk about that movie because that movie was terrible. Also, that scene doesn't make any sense. I actually had a sense. brief synopsis of that one. That, that movie doesn't make any sense because... Or that scene doesn't make any sense because his bones are literally adamantium. And so yeah. unless somebody was cutting was him great, with that... It was a great slice, just right between it, the vertebrae. It wasn't an adamantium katana. It was just a normal katana. Anyways, not important. No, got him where the vertebrae are, are just cartilage. It's cartilage, so it's cartilage is not adamantium. Um, he he has these magical powers, but then there's the villain shows up. Oh, I don't know what the villain's name is. He like me neither. Torches everything. He lights everything on fire. 
Um, I'm pretty sure this is what happens. He lights the research lab okay. on fire. There's a fire. This is a, I don't remember exactly how it happens, but I'm pretty sure the villain lights the research lab on fire. Ryan Reynolds, I think his name is Wilson in the movie. Yeah, it's Wade something. Wade Wilson. Probably. Um, probably. It's a, a superhero. It's a Anyways, comic book movie. He suffers like ridiculous burns in this fire. I'm not really sure if That's this the is cancer. True. Oh, he That's why becomes he's ugly. ugly because of the cancer? Yeah. The healing why doesn't factor, his healing factor heal his ugliness? It increases the growth of the cancer. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a lazy writer. Anyways, I don't really remember what happens. Somehow he gets a vendetta against this villain. They kidnap his girlfriend. That's it. There's the if, vendetta. If you're looking for the plot, just go for a superhero cliché. Oh, okay. Well, then why do we even need to describe what happened in this movie? Eh, anyway, the girlfriend gets stolen. He gets mad at the villain. He goes and kills the villain and saves mm-hmm. the girlfriend. Is that pretty yep. much the movie? Yeah. But that's not why people watch it, because the plot we just described to you was garbage. Well, it's just very generic. Right. So so why do people go and watch this movie? Because right. of why the do meta-ness. people? Why do people like... So why do people like meta-humor? I don't really know. I don't know why people like meta-humor. I think maybe... So I, I understand in the sense why they would find Deadpool funny in that it's making fun of superhero movies mm-hmm. um, because there are a lot of things that need to be made fun of in superhero movies. Um, but, I, I mean, at the same time, Deadpool is... Like a quintessential, right, right, superhero movie. But he kind of has to be in order to be meta about it. Question mark. Uh, okay, kind of. I mean, he has to be a. It has to be an origin story, but it could like subvert things, as. Instead of just making fun of them, couldn't it also subvert things? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Maybe. I don't know. But, like, why do people like it? I guess that's the question. I'm trying to think of examples of, of meta-ness that I actually do like and trying to figure out why. Um, have you seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I have seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He breaks the fourth wall in that. I don't, this was a long time ago. This was after... Our cousin Laura's wedding that I watched this. Movie. I have never seen it, so. Um. Hmm, okay, what about what about something that's here's, not meta humor, but just a story about stories? Well, I thought of another example of meta-ness, okay. which might not be meta-ness, but I think it is, in shows like The Office and Parks and Rec when people look at the camera. Is that considered meta-ness? So, and I enjoy that. Because it's fun. Um, I, yeah, I guess. Like, it's it's an acknowledgement that they are in a TV show. Right, right. So why is that Why is that funny better while Deadpool is not? Um, it, it makes... I'm just making this up as I go, but it makes us feel like a character in the story. When, when Jim, like, gives you a mm. look like Michael is the biggest idiot in the world but he just does it with a look at the camera, 
you're like, yeah, Jim, I know he is. I'm sitting here in this office with you and realize <laughs> that he's an idiot. So we get to experience the characterness. We get to be a character now because they have broken the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. We so don't, it makes it... It makes it more engaged. Like, it yeah. draws you more into it by revealing that it's a show. Right. It's it's more immersive, I guess. I don't know. But but the, but the it's usually done in humor, right? It's not done so it's like, I can enjoy this, like, thrilling tale. It's like, hey, like, we're going to make a joke. In the office. Right. Well, even in Deadpool and the examples you just gave me in Thurga Hanger Abbey was also that was for closer. Sake. North Hanger. But I remember the I'm, hanger part. So I'm I'm getting back to my my criticism of Deadpool, mm-hmm. um, where I think, okay, there just this is not going to be the only reason that I think North Hanger Abbey is better than Deadpool, but this mm-hmm. is a reason. Um, North Hanger Abbey subverts its genre to say this is these are mm-hmm. things that are to like elevate it i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um deadpool mocks it without offering any like constructive criticism it's, there's right it doesn't build anything so northanger abbey says like one of the the hero of the story mr mm-hmm. tilney um i forget what his first name is because it's a British novel, mm-hmm. um, he he calls out Catherine's ridiculousness for thinking everyone's a murderer, and mm-hmm. that there's secret wives hidden in attics. Right. Like he's like, come on now, this is real life. Like <laughs> we're normal people. Mm-hmm. The whole world isn't mm-hmm. like this. Um. So instead of like falling into these normal tropes. Jane Eyre, or Jane Austen is trying Jane Eyre's close Jane Austen is trying to say um, these are fun and all but when you when you get into the real world mm-hmm. there's not going to be these, you don't have big mysteries to drive your life mm-hmm. um, the things that change you are like the small interactions or right. the, the small disappointments, the human loss um, mm-hmm. those are the things that make people um, it's not skeletons in the closet. It's not um, ghouls and hidden wives. It's actually working, you know, trying to work things out and coming to terms that people aren't monsters if you don't like them. Mm. So, in order to continue to talk about movies that I've never seen, great. Um, so, oh, anyways, anyways, to finish off your thought, Deadpool doesn't do this because you have an invincible mm-hmm. superhero who defeats the villain and gets the girl at the end and makes a few jokes yeah. along the way. There's no mm-hmm. criticism or critique about the classic superhero arc, which would actually make it a better movie, probably. Right, there, there's, so, no, there's lots of complaining about it and making fun of it without saying something else is better. Right, you just complain. You complain about it, but then the story continues in the same trajectory. It mm-hmm. seems like this story is complaining about it, and then in the end, they realize, okay, yeah, like not only or not necessarily complaining about it, but addressing it, and then saying, yes, this is indeed false. So yeah, yep. it seems like the movie that we want Deadpool to be like 
is actually Birdman. Okay. Again, I'm going to start talking about a movie that I've never seen before and don't really know the plot of. Bueno. But my understanding of the movie Birdman is it is a movie about an actor who was a who played a superhero and now it's a has biopic to, of Michael Keaton but fictionalized and now has to come to ta- to terms with the fact that real life is not like a superhero movie. Mhm. Oh yeah. So I haven't seen Birdman either, but it sounds good. Yeah, it won best picture. Um Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, we can't really talk about that, I guess. Well, I mean, we're talking about Deadpool. We haven't seen it, but so, so I guess we still really haven't gotten to the idea of why we like meta-ness, right? Um, yeah, or maybe think, we do. It depends on how you do it. Um, I think if you if you do it well, it is it is more engaging, um, or it can reveal something about the characters. If you do it poorly, it just like it just feels lazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Does to me anyway. So, are, are the point is the point of this book, Thurgood Abbey. Close Thorhanger. North Northanger. 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 Northanger Abbey is the point of it to tell us that our lives aren't as exciting as what we think they are, and that we should just realize that our lives are boring. Um. No. But don't it's it's more like don't over sensationalize things um kind kind of because like, i feel like that you want it to be <laughs> i think a lot of times we like put ourselves in these like heroish journeys when really like we're just living life and to me yeah. that's what it seems like this meta-ness is showing is like it, we're, I don't know. That this sounds really depressing and sad. What I'm saying. It does, yeah. Um. Okay, where what was I saying before you made it sad and depressing? Um. Uh, things are more. Things are more engaging. Things are oh, more engaging. So there's a. I I've seen a commercial for Deadpool, where something happens, and Deadpool turns to the camera and says, "Well, that's just lazy writing." And, like, by making a character say a joke about the lazy writing doesn't excuse the writing for being lazy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's supposed to be funny. Um, uh, okay, if you th- think so. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say an example of something I've seen um, that I also don't like as much. So... Uh, many people have told me I should watch Rick and Morty, so I did. Um, I was kind of ambivalent about it. No, that's not the right word. I was just meh about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to my my one coworker um, about it, and I told him, yeah. It wasn't my favorite show. I didn't think it was the greatest, smartest show of all time. And he said, you're the, literally the only person who told me that. Um, so, I don't, so I don't I don't know why uh, people think it's the smartest show. Like, there is a lot of uh, fourth wall breaking. And um, there's stories about stories. Dan Harmon, the creator, he, he's a big 
guy for meta-ness. Um, and I, so I think the breaking the fourth wall in Rick and Morty is a little better than it is in Deadpool because it's mm-hmm. not just being lazy. Right. I know people get paid a lot of money to write Deadpool, but... Uh, anyway. <laughs> is, it, is it possible that... That our humor, our interest in the type of humor just doesn't align with Rick and Morty and Deadpool? What do you mean? We're just old and curmudgeon-y? Well, I mean, why why does what we think is funny and good writing actually have to be funny and good writing just flat out? It doesn't. Um... But I don't, I don't know. I so I would I would maintain that Deadpool isn't great writing because it's using its acceptance of its own poorness to excuse its poorness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's not yeah. It's not taking any steps to actually say anything. So or, like Jane Austen, like breaks the convention and like acknowledges that she's not following the conventions but she doesn't do that to just be lazy Mm -hmm. um like she then does different things deadpool just makes fun of the conventions and does them anyway okay okay so i i think that's you could have better writing granted jane austen is like one of the greatest writers who's lived so um it's not a not a very favorable comparison to and most people anyway but more people are um, going to enjoy Deadpool than they will Vordhanger Abbey Northanger which is a shame um I, I and I don't I don't know why <laughs> I'm just a disconnected curmudgeon um yeah, yeah I don't I, I just don't get why people like Deadpool mm-hmm. um mm-hmm it's crass, I guess. People like that. Um, but I was going to compliment Rick and Morty, but you you kept been cutting me off. I think it's they're breaking the fourth wall is better than Deadpool's because it gives you insight into Rick's character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only like one character who breaks the fourth wall, Rick, um, and he's supposed to be this genius guy who's like also jaded about the world because he knows everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him to break the fourth wall shows that he's he he really does understand the world. He understands that he's in a TV show, um, and he he's like given into the absurdity of it. Right. right. Um, which is kind of Rick's. That's like Rick's vibe. Um, so I like there are good ways to break the fourth wall. At, like if it reveals more about your character. Mm-hmm. Or if you're doing it to be more engaging. Right. Um, Another example. In Arrested Development. In the the Save Our Bluths episode. Okay, yeah. So why do do we... I love Arrested Development. Um, So why do we like that but not Deadpool? Right. Would you say that the... Breaking the Fourth Wall is the same? Um... I don't know. They, 
Okay, they do. the The narrator does explicitly break the wall, fourth wall, and save our boost. But the right. I don't know. I, yeah, I still, I still the feel like the characters do kind of. They look at the camera. Yeah, but the rest of development is still, which is also, a Russo brothers who collab. By the way, the Russo brothers might be like my favorite directors. They did Community. Arrested Development, and now Cap 2, 3, and Avengers... Infinity War. Infinity War. Yeah, that's true. So, I think... But they're, they're bringing the conventions of a sitcom to, like, do new things. Yeah. So, I think, I think this is my thoughts, and it could be wrong. So, I think that there is an aspect of the fact that... Mm, they're in Deadpool. They're not really doing anything with the fact that they're breaking fourth wall. They're still having the classic um, heroes or superhero story. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think that there are other aspects of this movie that are just not what I want. You know what I care for in a movie. A, it's a superhero movie, so therefore it already goes down a couple notches on my list of movies I want to watch. B. A lot of the humor is just like just crass and completely just like not really humor I'm interested in partaking in. So that's another reason why I think that it just kind of goes another lower, another step down. And then on top of that, they don't even really do anything with the breaking the fourth wall aspect of it that I would actually enjoy. So in a sense, yes, I think it is fair to say that they do poorly with their storytelling and their breaking of the fourth wall to actually push forward other ideas. But I think that there are also other things on top of it which are also predispose us to not enjoy this movie. Okay. But still, why do other people like it? A lot of other people like superhero movies and are well, more okay with crass humor. Yeah, but people like Deadpool more than... Um a comparable superhero movie that I can't think of. Um, I don't know. People like Guardians a lot. I like Guardians a lot. Um, I don't know. Does does breaking the fourth wall give you like easy? Hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Let's laugh at ourselves. Kind of um, like intimacy, I guess. I don't know. Like, is it is it just, is it an easy way to get engagement with your audience if people turn and talk to you? Like, that's what I like about The Office, right? Right. I think so. And, and it does give, again, I haven't seen Deadpool, but it also gives you, we talked about it already, but inter- insight into people's characters. So the scenes in The Office where you're sitting down and you're just having the headshots of people talking, it's like, wow, now I know what this person was thinking in this scene, or now I know what this person is thinking in general, or how more about this character, which will then explain how they interact later. Mm-hmm. How does that Zach, necessarily work? In... Go ahead. Zach asked me an interesting question after uh, listening to the one where I love books. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, how do I feel about uh, TV shows that uh, have provide an internal monologue for the character, um, such as the examples he gave were like House of Cards. There's one episode of BoJack Horseman. Um, 
I forget what others he mentioned. I had only seen the episode of BoJack. Um, I and I I told him House of Cards doesn't count uh, because, like, what I want behind what getting people's ideas is unfiltered, um, and House of Cards is delivered in asides, so it's still mm-hmm. being controlled by the the main character. Mm-hmm. It's not really the like unmediated access that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that episode of BoJack. Um, but I, I guess you get, do we need insight into Deadpool's character? No, I don't think so. Um, and I don't even know if that's the point of him breaking the fourth wall. I don't think it is. It is another, for some people. Another but... example, which we talked about before, is also um, The Big Short, where they completely just stop the movie mm-hmm. and have some famous person talk to us directly about what's going on. In this case, they're doing a great. They're using it to great advantage in order to continue your audience understanding what's going on in this film, um, without like suffering with pace. Right. It it would it would be interesting to know. Do people who like both Deadpool and Guardians of the Galaxy, which one they find funnier? It'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to know. Obviously, it's going to depend on the person you ask. Um, because one is using this, this uh, breaking of the fourth wall to make jokes. That seem, to me, that seems the only reason why it's breaking the fourth wall is to tell jokes. Whereas mm-hmm. the other one is just telling, is just m- having jokes and making funny comments within the context of the story, um, mm-hmm. which I think is, which is fine. Both of them are probably fine. I, one of them is probably more enjoying. And so I, I'm, again, for all of some of the reasons I described earlier, I'm more predisposed to like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but somebody who likes them both, I don't know what they would say. I, I, mm, I don't know. So to answer my own question, uh, I don't really think that... Jane Austen is the the Deadpool of or okay Jane Austen might be what Deadpool wants to be. I don't even know I don't if it think wants they to want be. to be that um I don't know a good comic book parallel um maybe Wolverine or Logan the the movie that just came out mm-hmm. um it it like breaks genre expectations mm-hmm. in a way to deepen the characters and deepen the genre um which i think northanger abbey does um like logan picks up an x-men comic in logan and says oh this is all fake none of this is really how it happened um mm-hmm. they're old now mm-hmm. they have like just normal people problems like being old mm-hmm. um having dementia uh, trying to raise a family. Um, they don't have only normal people problems, but their their main problem. Uh, some of their problems are normal people problems. Have you seen this movie? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. If, this is the podcast <laughs> to talk about movies we've never seen. So that's that's good. That's good. Um, but I don't I don't really know a Marvel is not very. Uh, they have a formula and it's working for them mm-hmm. and they don't like to subvert things. Right. And um, even Deadpool doesn't subvert things. That's the thing that like 
Right, it just is, mocks is them. The most frustrating to me is people are like, oh, it's completely different. It's making fun of superhero movies. It's like, no, it's not. It's just it's just a superhero movie that's telling jokes in a slightly different way. It's it's not making fun of them at all. Okay, have you seen Homecoming? Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe that one scene that Donald Glover's in where, where Spider-Man's in the car. Yeah, Spider-Man's interrogating him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yo, you need to get better at this part of the job." Yeah. Like I th- I think that's that's not really breaking the fourth wall, but it basically is. Right. Or and it uh, and it's doing it not to just make fun of the genre. Right. It is making fun of the genre, but it's also showing like how unexperienced and incompetent Spider-Man is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I don't think we. I still don't know why people like Deadpool. We should have had somebody if you do on like this Deadpool. episode who yeah. likes Deadpool. <laughs> that was poor planning. Give us some feedback. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll. Maybe I should have asked some people why they like Deadpool before this. That was poor planning. Oh well. But I mean, I I still think like what we're saying is valid though. Even though we've never seen the movie and are yeah. predisposed to dislike it, but I, I still feel like there's just. It's mm-hmm. not doing anything with it. If if you're going, if you're gonna break the fourth wall, do something with it, and not just to tell jokes. Because I think you can be just as, you can be just as good at telling jokes and funny jokes and maybe funnier jokes, by mm-hmm. just sticking within the confines of your, um, your story. Everybody loves Thor Ragnarok. Why? Because who's the Rock guy was hilarious. Like Korg. Yeah, like, literally, like, he, why was he funny? Because he was within the context of his own story, like, saying ridiculous things. Don't let that like, intimidate you. So, so, I guess that's my point. Or, like, like it, The Last Avengers plays it very straight, uh, but it's really funny at times. Right, and so, being, like, being contained within itself. Right, and so, like, that also, I was also thinking about bringing that up as, a, as an aspect of breaking the fourth wall. In a sense, they are breaking the fourth wall because you have all these characters mixing together who have never, who aren't supposed to mix mm-hmm. together, right? And so you have, uh, are we still not giving away spoilers from this movie? No. We aren't now? This isn't a, really a spoiler. I don't know. The, the scene with, with, um, with... The Guardians and Thor. The Guardians and Thor. It's like, we already know yeah. all of these things about Thor, that he is, like, the greatest yeah. human ever alive. And now, yep. uh, Peter Quill is now experiencing it and interacting with it mm-hmm. at the same time. And it's just hilarious. Why is it funny? Because we already have an interaction with this... We already have interacted with both of these characters, and now they're interacting mm-hmm. with each other within the confines of the story. So, anyways, that's kind of my my thought. Even though we, we haven't really answered why people like why people like Deadpool. So, I think we've don't I, like Deadpool. I think we <laughs> but I think we've answered the question why do people like meta-ness? Yeah. Which is that yeah, cuz if it can be really engaging. It can be engaging. And I, I think that what I said earlier about like feeling like you're a character, I think mm-hmm. is is the greatest part of breaking down the fourth wall. It's like, wow, yeah, like, uh, I can relate to this person, or I can understand this scene better, or it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, and I think it can be done really eloquently and really good in a way that in, 
like just strengthens your experience of the show. Mm-hmm. But in other times, it's just kind of like a, a dead. Yep. All right. Do you have any uh, anything to recommend this week? Uh, recommendations. Mm-hmm. First off, this episode is basically like some one of my favorite things to do of all time, and that is just talk about movies and reference movies that I've never seen and quote them. Um, so you can do that if that's you, your recommendation. That's not my recommendation. That's just a little <laughs> fun fact. I mean, you can do that. Feel free. Um, but anyways, my recommendation for this week. This week we played at our board game club. We played a game called Modern Art. Basically, the oh, I've actually heard of this. Really? Have you played it? Yeah. No. Basically, the point of this game is you have paintings. You like put them up for auction. Other people you're playing against buy them, and then depending on the number of paintings of a certain artist that are sold, they're then worth more money at the end of the round. And so then the person who you after you buy your paintings, then you sell them. Whoever has the most paintings at or the most money at the end of the round at the end of the game wins. Um, so it's it's a sounds invigorating. Well, here's the thing though, like it's a very basic concept, but but it's there are lots of strategy that go into it. So like the way that the bidding happens is very differently. So you're all bidding on these paintings. So there's like one one type of painting where it's just like a normal auction. Everybody's like bidding up everybody else until there's one person left. Oh, and you've got to bid up paintings that are also you have the same artist right and so there's there's four rounds and so then after every round certain paintings can like keep the same amount of worth as they did in the Mm -hmm. previous round so like at one point in this game in the third round the previous two rounds green paintings had did had done really well it's like by the same artist i don't remember what his name is had done really well so they were worth a lot of money and so then by the third round, these two green paintings came up at the same time. And so it was like, okay, Mm-mm-mm. I need to buy these green paintings because they're going to be worth even more because they were worth more in the last few rounds. So anyways, there's lots of thought of just like, okay. But then the crazy thing is like, I'm going to spend a lot of money on these paintings hoping to get money at the end of the round. But I'm also giving this person next to me who's selling these paintings lots of money. Right. Um, so there's lots of thought that goes into it. It's fairly simple. But there's lots of thought and strategy that you can put into it, which is really, in my mind, the, the makings of a great game. Simple, simple outworkings, but lots of strategy. Do you uh, do you use the paintings to avoid paying taxes? Um, well, I didn't pay any taxes. It's not part of the game, but ah, uh, so it's not entirely like the art market. No, I was so I was so upset. So basically, I did really. There's four rounds. I did really well at the end of the third round. I was like, I'm gonna be set. I'm gonna win this game. I had like I don't know a couple hundred thousand dollars at the end of the third round. I was like, I'm gonna win this thing because I was like, I was watching everybody else. And I was like, they don't have any money. So end of the end of the fourth round, I get some money. We're going around tallying our scores. Turns out Ben, who I thought had like the least amount of money in the entire game, had like a hundred thousand dollars more than my no it wasn't. It was like forty thousand dollars more than I did. But still couldn't bring home the W. Anyways, so recommendation, modern art. Pretty simple. The pretty game. Fun. The game. I mean you can enjoy modern art as well. 
there was modern mm-hmm. art on the game pieces, modern art. We were selling modern art. It was kind of meta in a sense. That's meta. Yeah. Austin, yeah. how about you? Recommendations. So, um, this past summer, uh, I would try to have some of my friends explain to me why the Great British Baking Show is good. Uh, and the best that they could tell me was that everyone is very British and that everyone is very charming. Uh, so, I, I like charming British things. So I watched the Great British Baking Show and it was great. Um, I read books by Jane Austen and they're great. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yesterday I finally got around to watching Paddington 2 oh my and y'all drop everything. <laughs> Literally, it is one of the greatest movies ever. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, I went into it thinking it was going to be one of the greatest movies ever because like it's got a seven nine on uh it's got a seven nine on IMDB. It's got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm like, there's no way it can live up to the hype. Oh, oh my goodness. It exceeds the hype, y'all. It is so good. <laughs> I can't believe this. It's so good. And like what it has going for it is everyone is really nice and everyone is really British. <laughs> So it's like the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, but better. Um, Fight me. Um, Paddington 2. It is so good. Like, the first one I was like, okay, that was was pretty good, but is it really the greatest ever? Paddington 2. Okay. All my fears, all my doubts are gone. Okay. So, yeah. You need to watch it so I know. we can talk about Paddington. I'm, I'm thinking about watching both of them within the next week so we can talk about it next Do week. Do it. It only takes three hours. <laughs> that's, not, that's not that long, I guess, in the scheme of a week. Blade Runner is three hours on its own. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and Paddington 1 is on Netflix. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that is my... That is my glowing recommendation. Oh my goodness, Paddington! It's so good. <laughs> I haven't honestly. I haven't heard anything bad about Paddington. Nor should you. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. It. Everybody. It deserve. We're gonna watch Paddington. All those hundred percent. Yep. So it's keeping it one hundred. Everybody watch Paddington this week, along with me, mm-hmm. and then next week we're gonna talk about Paddington one and two. If you don't, oh, let's go. If you don't watch the movies, you will be thoroughly convinced to watch them. I expect by the end of next yeah. week's episode. Mm-hmm. And it's probably gonna be yeah, spoilers. I, so, I went in, doubter, came out. It was. It's so. Uh, it's so touching. I, this is like, I know how this is gonna end, but it got me all the same. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, it's man. so good. I'm really, I'm really worried that the hype is too high right now. And no, I'm gonna I watch thought it was it gonna, be, gonna too, be terrible. I thought it was gonna be too high, and it wasn't. But Austin, uh, now no. that now on top of all the critics, you have hyped it for me, and so <laughs> I don't know. You're welcome. Oh my goodness! All right. Is there any meta-ness in Paddington? No, it. Remember what the only thing it's got going for is everyone's really nice and everyone's really nice. British. Nice band. 
uh, it's it's amazing. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to watch Paddington this week. Everybody do your homework. Yes, let's go. Paddington 1 and 2. Yeah, I've been waiting all day for this recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> when did you watch it? Yesterday. Nice. Nice. I was like, finally, the ho- the, there's no hockey games on. Yeah. I'm going to fire up some Paddington too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, there so, you have it, folks. For next week. Also, so, the homework. If you're out there and you like Deadpool, tell us why, because we don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Second part of homework, watch Paddington 1 and 2. <laughs> you never thought those were going to be in combination, but your homework no. involves both Paddington Bear and Deadpool. Only if you like Deadpool, though. Yeah. yeah. If you don't like Deadpool, we already know why we don't. <laughs> You can tell us why you don't like Deadpool. I mean, yeah, that's that's true. Okay. Well, so thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Enjoy Paddington. It's a it's a gift. Well, we will see you next week. <laughs>